yeah, that year is going to be pretty big uh, leading up to uh, Birmingham. Uh, it is going to be a pivotal moment for Sumo. And I think that uh, we have time to really step up what we do here so that Americans can root. That, you know, it's, it's here on, on home soil. So I think it'll be exciting for, you know, Americans to begin to know the sport uh, and to know that, you know, and to, you know, start rooting for the type of, you know, for the, the different teams that are growing, uh, you know, going in, going into the, uh, the, the world games. So this, it's like, this is going to be so good for us. So good for us. Uh, so I'm excited to see what, ha- you know, what's coming in the next, you know, in the next year and a half. Hey, this is Justin Kizard, founder of Dark Circle Sumo here in Austin, Texas. You are listening to No Holds Bar with Eddie Goldman. Hello everyone around the world. Once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. We are continuing our coverage of the revival of sumo in the U.S., this time with an interview with Justin Kizart of Dark Circle Sumo. I'll add that we conducted this interview this past Thursday, and afterwards, over the weekend, he competed at the second annual Queen City Sumo Open in Franklin, Ohio, outside Cincinnati, where he placed third in the men's lightweight division. We discussed a lot about what happened this year in 2020 and what is planned major events for 2021 going into 2022. But before we get to that, a word from the sponsors of No Holds Barred. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Combat Sports Equipment creator of the patented Skulls Double End Bag is the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Combat Sports Equipment that Skulls with a Z. Advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Instagram and Facebook at Skulls, with a Z, Combat Sports. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y dot com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. (laughs) 
Hello, everyone around the world. Welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. As part of our continuing discussions about the revival of interest in sumo in the United States, we're going to be discussing with Justin Kizard of Dark Circle Sumo, who is also a very active competitor in the sport, what he's been doing and what's been going on. We have him on the line right now. He's in Austin, Texas, and welcome to No Holds Barred. Hey, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Glad you could be with us, and and let's kind of start at the beginning. How did you get interested in sumo? It's one thing, of course, in Japan, where it's one of the national sports, where it's been there for at least hundreds, you know, at least centuries, probably much longer. But how did you get involved in it in the U.S.? Uh, well, number one, my my wife's Japanese, <laughs> and uh, and I think I kind of kind of stumbled on uh, on sumo while in Japan when I was in Japan, uh, and uh, I was kind of hanging out with her with her grandmother or my grandmother-in-law, and um, she ha- she was watching sumo on TV. <clears throat> Uh, while my wife went to go get her hair done by her, you know, by her friend. So at the time, my, you know, my, my Japanese was limited. And so this was kind of a way to connect with, uh, with my, with my, you know, grandmother-in-law and, uh, and kind of fell in love with it for, you know, I sat there and watched it for, for an hour, uh, with her and she was so serious. She had her little, she had like a little chart of, you know, who's who and, and kept up with who's winning. And, and I was, you know, and I just. I loved it, and coming from a, you know, coming from a, uh, I've been doing, you know, combat sports since I was 13, and so I can kind of, you know, appreciate, and I, I started seeing a lot of, uh, you know, I saw some, you know, some judo moves, I saw some wrestling moves, and, and it was just, uh, it was cool, and so it opened my eyes, and uh, I think when we got back to Los Angeles, uh, where, where I used to live, um, I I just continued watching that year and was like, Yo, there's you know, and I, I I thought to myself like there has to be some way to do sumo outside of Japan, and I I just googled it and found out you know found one of the largest teams there in Los Angeles, um, and this and told my wife like, hey, I'm gonna go try out this thing, and she didn't believe me, uh, but after the first time you know and getting my butt kicked, uh, I was hooked. And I wanted to learn more, and have been doing it ever since. When did you actually start? And you said you had been doing combat sports earlier since you were a teenager. What uh, combat sports did you uh, compete in or train in? I uh, competed in uh, jujitsu, um, another martial arts uh, called uh, kung jiu masul, uh, and then also and some boxing, some amateur boxing. Uh, and oh, I'm sorry, and judo, because the 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 place that I was uh, that I was training at uh, did uh, judo and jujitsu. So I was, you know, I I got pretty good at at uh, you know I got my blue belt, and then I ended up, I ended up I think twenty. The last tournament I did was in 2018 uh, at Worlds, and I got I got uh, first in um, or I got gold, whatever, in uh, gi and no gi, and then but you know it's. It, it, Jiu-Jitsu is always there, but it wasn't. I didn't get as excited as I have gotten, you know, for sumo. I'm like completely obsessed. Yeah, and you. T- I assume you're talking about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, 
it's almost it's so different from what sumo is it's in a lot of ways total total different uh opposite uh, type of competition yeah but i i would say you know i i i uh i always compare sumo and jiu-jitsu like uh it's a mental it's a chess game you know and so i like that about it uh, i just think that sumo is a bit faster chess game it's like speed chess i guess you could say <laughs> Okay, so you started competing. So how long have you actually been competing in sumo now? I think, I want to say the first one was in 2016, 2016 or 2017. I can't remember. Uh, and then the first tournament, 2016 was when I was training, and I think that February of 2017 is when I, I went to my uh, first tournament, which was in San Antonio, um, and it was a, it was, uh, it was, what do you call it? Uh, the U S nationals, but it was one of the years that was kind of like a, a year that, that didn't qualify you to go to worlds. I think that year, 2017, uh, uh, world was happening already in Poland. So it didn't qualify like that didn't qualify you for some reason, but I ended up getting silver, uh, at nationals in my very first tournament. So that was cool. Now, how did you, you, you also talked about Texas at some point. When did you relocate to Texas, and when did you get involved with uh, with Dark Circle Sumo, which is, of course, based in Austin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I like I said, for, I think, four years, I was I was with the L.A. team training under, you know, training under Takeshi and uh, Yamamoto Yama or Yamasan, and uh, and then, and so that kind of, like, created the base for for me which was you know pretty advantageous because i don't think anybody in the u.s has you know former pros like actually you know teaching them you know proper sumo uh and then uh i just decided you know two years ago to move to austin texas uh you know just just for i guess you know work and 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 uh and cost of living reasons and uh and so i moved here and didn't want to give up sumo I, I was you know my first few months of being here i would travel every tuesday down to uh down to san antonio and then finally just said you know what like i've got the skill to be able to you know and and enough to be able to you know start my own and so i started i started dark circle sumo i, I found a you know an, an aikido gym and and they were they were down with it and um started my own I actually my first student um, him and I were we were just practicing on like a baseball field <laughs> and uh, and finally got you know got up enough uh, courage to you know just start my own and yeah and you know been almost a while well yeah it's been almost two years now for the, for the team and you know and luckily I've, I've been blessed to find you know some really good talented people and push them hard enough they were serious and hard enough to to you know to focus and be serious on the training and took them to the 2020 nationals and we took you know we took home three golds so you know people that kind of put us on the map and people were like you know what is justin doing down there like in and, and some 
it was you know it's a it's a good feeling 2020 was a good year and so we're looking for uh you know 2021 to take you know to clean up and take them you know medals across the board what do you think is is responsible for this success i mean part of it is that the, the amount of people the, that are participating in sumo in the u.s is still relatively small it's all kind of in formation but w- why do you yeah. think now you just starting to see things gel in a, in a way that they really haven't gelled in a long period of time well i think before um I guess when I when I first started, there was you know there was just a handful of people, uh, just kind of training together, just just which I don't know if it's you know complete training. It's just like oh having matches or whatever. But I think that I'm try taking my martial arts background and trying to structure classes in a specific way to you know to make sure that they have the right form and plus also you know heavier conditioning. Um, you know, I use I use you know the 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 Japan amateur team, the uh, the Russian amateur team, the Ukrainian amateur team, and the and the Mongolian teams as examples of you know the level of training that you need to that you need to you know to basically to win at Worlds. And you know, and I've been lucky enough to have you know to have competed at Worlds in Taiwan in 2018 to be able to see exactly you know exactly where we need to be and i'm i'm obsessed with trying to you know bring us onto that level and i you know and a lot of that has kind of rubbed off on some of these these teams that are growing like the ohio sumo team the appalachian team the uh uh, uh the georgian te- the georgia uh, georgia team and so i don't you know i guess i guess it's just kind of uh you know trying to set the pace and people are growing with that pace and we you know, we, we don't keep secrets in our, you know, we don't keep secrets on how we're training. We, you know, I have live feeds to our, to our training sessions and people see exactly what, uh, uh, you know, the level that we're doing. And that kind of tells them like, all right, cool. We also need to train hard like this. And, and it's, it is, it, it is becoming infectious and it's, it's, uh, and I think we all win in that way. And, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to just stay number one but if we can if the competition grows then we become better and then we can act, and then we can actually take on and not just be you know just be an afterthought at Worlds what kind of people have you found in the US in the last couple of years are gravitating to sumo because you talked about your own uh, martial arts and combat sports background how many of them had some familiarity or training with something like that be it wrestling or jiu-jitsu or, or judo or whatever and and how many are just brand new to this and and how many come from other sports like uh football nfl type well, american football i'll say i'll say i got lucky all, all of my guys come from either either a martial arts background uh, and i've got eight and it's uh all of them either come from martial arts background my my heavyweight woman She's, you know, she was a wrestler, uh, and and also she's a she's a uh, she's a bodybuilder, or a, uh, I'm sorry, a strong woman competi- competitor. Um, I've got my my light heavy guy who was, you know, dude almost went to the Olympics for uh, shot putting, so he comes from track and field, uh, and just wanted to get back in shape, and he ends up being, you know, a freaking 
powerhouse <laughs> with those, he's, you know he's got cannons for arms and then the other some of my other students are all you know it's uh, jiu-jitsu and judo and then one of my guys Javon uh, does judo, judo and sambo so all of these things you know even even the shot putter guy uh, you know his his um, not his body his body mechanics and able to transfer power through his arms it, it all translates and so it's it's become it's been we've been pretty lucky uh and and i just i do see i just had a tournament uh in october with one of my favorite people this guy named uh uh, uh Derek garza he's the owner of dark clan uh fight lab which is a jiu-jitsu place and but he he's like he used to watch sumo back in the day and so we kind of bridge a gap to each other uh, so that we can introduce sumo to the jujitsu, you know, to the jujitsu world. So that we're, you know, we're all reaching out across, you know, across the board. I'd love to do something with a, you know, with a judo team or you know the the, the UT the Austin judo team here, um, you know, and, and uh, just recently found out that there's sambo here. So that's pretty awesome. And I just I want to bridge the gaps uh, between the di- different disciplines because I think that that's going to help us grow. I heard um, a recent interview that you did with Derek Garza, and Derek was talking about his involvement with all of this, and he was talking about the very, very early days of MMA when it was still known as NHB. And I'm listening and say, this is somebody who knows what he's talking about. Because a lot of people who think, you know, a lot of these things started five or ten years ago. No, some some of us Uh have been around since the beginning on this stuff and have seen uh you know we know where the the bodies are buried too <laughs> when you you, you, get mean, it, it, you know you watch in the 90s it, you know everybody wasn't just like you know tight you know tight shorts and whatever you had people from your their discipline wearing you know full geese or if you're a if you're a kickboxer you're rocking your you know every it was a hodgepodge back in, you know in the 90s but it was but that was the you know that was the the catalyst for you know all this UFC stuff today, and the hybrids of, of uh, what it, what is now now that you can call a discipline in uh, MMA. You know before if there was there what if you was a striker you you stayed a striker if you were a, you know if you were a ground guy you stayed a ground guy, and and now like you you can't make it if you're just good at one you know at one uh, one discipline. And so I hope that sumo evolves like that. Because it is evolved, like the way that the way that Eastern Europeans fight sumo is completely different than you know than traditional sumo, and there has to be a way to combat that and evolve from that. Now you mentioned running an event. I think you're referring to the Councilors Cup. Tell us about the, the name and how that got planned and what what occurred at that event because it got a, got a lot of publicity I saw online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it literally it started. So I, I do all of the uh, the the branding and design for uh, a sake company here in Texas. It's the only sake brewery in Texas. Um, and the actual general consulate of, of Japan uh, likes coming to our tap room, and he like you know he likes drinking our sake. And I started I started a friendship with him, and then you know for the last two years I've been going to his uh his house in houston for his new year's event um and so that kind of gave us time to sit around you know sit around and talk 
and come to find out he's a huge sumo fan and he was shocked that uh, about how much I, you know how much i knew and you know some of my favorite fighters and he's like how you know a lot of japanese they're, they're shocked when i'm you know when you know gaijin or other you know non-japanese people know so much about you know a, a, a serious japanese thing uh and so he you know he was intrigued and we just we just chatted and and i said yeah man we, there's competitions that happen here in america and i was like and i i was like one day i'd like to put one on and so it kind of sprung from that and i so i just i named the i named the console and you know he's the closest thing we get to royalty here in the u.s for for uh for you know japanese royalty and i wanted to pay homage to that and uh and so i named it the consulates cup and um and so i hope this thing continues to grow um and i didn't want the one thing that i didn't like about tournaments here the only i think that the only people who were actually shooting uh you know filming solid filming their um tournaments was the u.s open and so i wanted to give people a chance to view you know view the tournament uh live and so i went ahead like i went ahead and i taught myself how to you know how to do how to build out a live stream and all kinds of stuff and uh because i wanted to get this out there you know and and so it, and i wanted to get more eyes on on uh, on sumo and uh just got lucky and you know i guess with quarantine there was a bunch of people still you know just hanging out at the house and and uh being able to view online it got some solid viewership so pretty good for the first one <laughs> did you plan uh, again we nobody knows for sure what's going to happen with this pandemic uh, everybody pretty much is hoping that it's uh, even though it's it's peaking in the number of cases are just skyrocketing still yeah people are hoping that it's going to be over relatively soon with these vaccines oh. and, and all of that that you know we don't nobody nobody can know for sure but assuming that things start to that it starts eventually to taper off. What are your plans? Do you want to have this be an annual event, or how do you want to proceed on it? Oh yeah, no, no, yeah. This is definitely this is going to be an annual event. I've already uh, I've already set the date for twenty twenty one. It's going to be I think November sixteenth is what we have it planned for. Um, and yeah, I want this to be I want this to grow. I want this to be bigger. Uh, eventually, I you know I'd like to get hell you know half the size of the stadium that that uh you know i use andrew and and the u.s open as a as a as a you know pinnacle point and so like if i can get if I you know if i can get halfway there or even even to his numbers in a couple of years then that would be awesome uh i want off and austin has the kind of geography or uh or demographics to be open to, to something like this and create long-lasting fans and fans that are, you know, that have their favorite, you know, their favorite fighter uh, and stuff like that. So I think that uh, this is this is just the beginning. From what I saw of the event online, you had a number of the the top people from the United States. Uh, Jose Galindo from California came in, yep. one who's one of the top ranked of the the men's heavyweights, uh, Cornelius Booker who yep. won his division, but also he, 
I saw him compete in the open weight division, and he seemed to be. Yeah, he seemed to be one of the most technically sound competitors there. But it was just you know there was there was no way he could he could win against the the really huge guys. But he he went in there anyway. And in uh, the women's division, someone you mentioned earlier, Eros Armstrong, was in yeah. there. And I know she's I've been told she's relatively new to sumo, but it's just somebody with a tremendous amount of potential and really possible star power. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I am very proud of her, and I'm happy I'm happy to have her on the team. Like, you know, I think women's heavies needed someone like her to kind of push them to say, you know, to, to say, you know, oh, shit, we got to step up our game. Like, <laughs> because Eros is, you know, she's looking beyond, you know, beyond the U.S. Uh, and she is, well, you know, her and I, I've got, I've got her studying um, all of the all of the matches with uh, the Ukrainian the, the Ukrainian women's team, the uh, the the Russian women's team, this that that huge that girl um, Olga. Uh, there's a couple other other countries. Uh, Brazil Brazil team has has a solid heavyweight, and so I'm like we're studying them. So that and I and she trains. Dude, she can outlift half of us, you know. <laughs> so she is, she really is poised to be, you know, to be the star. You know, right now she's a she's a rising star, but she is, she will be. I, you know, I want her to get on that world stage so that she can prove her, you know, prove her worth to the world. And uh, I can see her, you know, I can see her meddling at worlds, hands down. Yeah, and uh, she has a name that's a scriptwriter's dream, but that's her. That's yeah, her name. Right? <laughs> and, you better be solid with a name like Eros Armstrong. And, and somebody did a. You might have seen it. Somebody did a YouTube video of her highlights. I don't know if you saw it, but they called it Eros, yeah, yeah, yeah. the goddess of sumo. Which you know, yeah. I think she's a little too humble to say well yeah that's what I am because she's especially since she's new at it but it kind of g- could give an idea of what her potential is yeah yes 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 I want to see that name on the podium and and it's 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 definitely a name you won't forget yeah she's posted a lot of videos of her weightlifting and doing a lot of different things too and you see that she's very serious about her training and uh, yes. you know, but it's also learning the technique. It's not just this is a thing. This is the such an interesting thing about sumo for people that don't, are first getting into it. You know, I've discussed this with other people too. On the one hand, it's very easy to understand who wins, unlike a lot of these other sports. I mean, you know, you talked about judo and jiu-jitsu, and you could say the same thing about freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. A lot of times, the the scoring is incomprehensible to people who have been around these sports for for ages. Nobody knows what's going on. Whereas in sumo, it's very easy to see who wins. But on the other hand, it's very technical. It's not just fat people pushing each other with some people think that it is is a tremendous amount of technique and that that's used and these techniques all have names and they're studied and it's just as technical if not more so than than any other combat sport or martial art yeah no i know and and uh i have definitely kind of uh opened her eyes to that i said you know it's it's one thing to be strong 
but you know but it's you know it's another thing to really like like i'm i'm trying to hone in right now on the road to nationals i've i've broken up our our class sessions into you know into different uh i guess nine different uh categories of four, four weeks of focus on on you know all the all the technique and form so you know even you know the first four weeks from it was uh it was uh october through it was, i think it was like october 18th through the uh through november the 8th was all just about pushing we didn't even put on the washi it was like and you know there was no uh, grabbing the belt it was just straight pushing matches and then uh the uh, we just wrapped up last sunday uh our four-week session uh that focuses all on the tachiai because i mean i i kind of uh modeled my tachiai after a guy named uh or you know yokozuna harima fuji and so i like to be able to you know i like speed off the block uh speed and control off the block you know so you're not getting slapped down um and we are going to start uh, not this weekend because I'm going to be at a I'm going to be at a sumo uh, seminar thing in Ohio. Uh, this uh, I leave tomorrow, but starting next weekend we're working all on on just like yori uh, yorikiri like single like you know frontal force outs, sing, you know double double handed force outs, single handed force outs, and then I think the next four the four weeks after that is belt throws, all the belt throw techniques. I, I want to basically get through all 82 techniques within you know before uh before we go to uh nationals and after that is is all leg sweep and side picks uh different types of takedowns like that and then arm bar force force outs uh and then a lot of like no uh no belt uh takedowns so i'm i'm really trying to hone you know um uh hone in on the form for these guys instead of just kind of getting in there, being strong, and winging it. What have been some of the challenges of doing this training and running these events while the pandemic is still going on, and a lot of sports are either shut down or severely limited? Yeah, it's been tough getting the numbers in, getting people in, and, and keeping, you know, keeping people safe and all that stuff. Um, luckily, we have a, you know, a you know, uh, a nice, uh, I guess a nice studio to work in. Uh, it's, uh, it's a yoga studio that has, you know, we roll up the, we roll up the gate. It's, it's huge, huge, like warehouse, uh, ceilings. And we, so we have solid, you know, circulation, uh, and we try to, you know, keep everything sanitary and safe. And, um, but it's still, I mean, it's a challenge for any combat sports right now. I mean, if you, you see what's, I don't know if you see what's going on with a lot of uh, martial arts studios, uh, jiu-jitsu places. You know, half half of them can't keep their doors open, um, and that sucks. That really does suck. And if they do keep their doors open, I mean, they're down. You know, they're down seventy percent in their in their uh, enrollment. And I know that that can't really keep the lights on. I'm lucky that I sublease uh, a yoga place, and so rent has been uh, fair. And, uh, and she's also, she's, you know, the, the owner of the studio is really, uh, she likes what we're doing and sees what we're doing and is, and is, has luckily been very open and we, you know, we just follow, try to follow the rules, but it, but it, I can't, you know, it's hard to expand. I'm lucky that these, the guys who are with me has, you know, just, you know, stick with me and, and, uh, but it would it would be great to get the numbers like Los Angeles, like twenty, you know, you know, 
25 people at practice or something, you know, like a full, basically a full on stable. Um, that's the, you know, that's a goal. Hopefully as soon as this, um, like you said, the, the vaccines release, but, but hopefully by March we start seeing people, you know, get, you know, get vaccinated and, and feel like they can finally come out of their, you know, out of their hole and, you know, and actually do things. And that would be great. But, you know, to going into the summer, but I think by the end of I think by the end of 20, 2021, I I would like I I can confident that we can double our numbers, um, and have you know and, and double the numbers that come to the Consulates Cup uh, in the you know this time next year. You also, from what I understand, have an, another tournament coming up in March, a Women's Invitational tournament. Yes coming and that's something which is really important because the Japan Sumo Association is doing it the same way they've been doing it for centuries and they don't even I mean they don't even allow women in the dojo there have been some weird cases you know where some women medical people had to help somebody they they got all annoyed at that but let alone uh, somebody who's a competitor but outside of Japan Sumo Association internationally, there are a lot of women competing. But I don't know how many specific uh, women's tournaments have been held, at least in the United States. So I think this is an important think, step forward too. Well, that and that was that's why we wanted to do it. That was exactly me. Uh, Eros and I got to talk in, and was like, this isn't even being done. Like, wh- where else is having a a old, women's only you know tournament? I, you know, and it it sucks. And I like I didn't want to have a you know a tournament where a bunch of dudes are, are trying to get girls to you know to join sumo and, and do it. Like that's not going to do it. They need to see you know women need to see themselves and say, oh snap, like okay, I could do this, and and not feel intimidated intimidated by these you know these big dudes. And they're like, oh no way, you know. And so having a having a women's tournament. With arrow, you know, with arrows hosting it, and then it it allows she's the point person on on this, you know, un, as part of Dark Circle Sumo, but you know, women can reach out to her, to another woman, and and ask the you know ask questions or you know and 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 sign up, and I think that this is really, especially right now, you know, we've got we've got a lot, you know, the a lot of historical uh, moments for women. Uh, across the board in the U.S., uh, the first female, you know, first female vice president. Uh, you know, the, the, you've got uh, a bunch of people in Congress, a bunch of you know women pushing uh, into power in, in Congress and CEOs and stuff like that. So I think it, I think it's time, and I want to push forward what's you know what's called old you know onazumo, which is you know women sumo. Uh, and I think this is going to be really exciting. Uh, we're going to start doing some heavier pushes. Um, hopefully, COVID doesn't deter anything. But I think, but from all the buzz uh, with all of the the current uh, women in sumo, I think this is going to be great. And she's, you know, she's got connections in the, you know, in the, the weight training world. And I think we're going to get, you know, a lot of great uh, female competitors. Yeah, and also roughly about half of uh, Biden's uh, candidates for his cabinet are women too. 
So yeah. approximately. His whole, communica- whole communication staff is women. And so this, I think that, that it, you know, 2021 is the year for women. And I think that, and I'm all for it. And however I can support Eros in that, uh, 100%. You know, I, I want this to go, I want this to go well and become a thing. And so that, you know, yes, we might be the first. Uh, I, I don't know if there was another women's, uh, all women's uh, tournament, but I think it might be a first in the U.S., but I hope we're not the only one. And I hope that this kind of, once again, uh, this energy spreads and that, you know, L.A., uh, who, has, who has the most women on their team, I think L.A. should, should have an all-women's uh, tournament. I think, you know, any of these teams, I think Georgia or Ohio should, you know, should, I'm given, kind of giving hints out there. <laughs> I think that they should, uh, should do this, you know, and I want them to see how awesome it'll turn out. Right, and and also uh, something we mentioned before, but you have weight classes in sumo. It's not like Japan Sumo Association where there are no yeah. weight classes. So you'll have somebody who is, you know, maybe 400 pounds, and then you'll have a, a, a couple of people that are like have like Enho or somebody that is that is much smaller. There are weight classes in this. So if somebody's going to say, well, you know, Eris Armstrong is really big. I don't know her exact her exact weight, but she's obviously a big heavyweight. I, I'm nowhere about, near her weight. That's cool. Yeah. You can still compete in your own weight class closer to somebody your own your own size. Yeah. I was talking to a, a, a girl last weekend. Uh, she's like a really small Japanese girl living here in Austin. Uh, but apparently she's such a she's a huge sumo fan. And she didn't even realize like that, you know, smaller women could compete. And I was like, and I was showing her videos. I was like, no, you can become badass, you know? And like, I, and I, so I'm trying to, I'm always trying to recruit and it's, and she's, um, I'm hoping to see her come to class, um, obviously in two weeks. Um, and I want her, I want her to see that, you know, a lightweight women's, uh, which is probably roughly like a hundred and, I think lightweight women is like 120 pounds or 100 something like that uh i'm like you can be a badass in your weight class like you, you know you don't have to always just take on you know take on an arrows uh you know you can you can be a, a badass in your own weight class so uh i'm excited to see how this how this turns out now what kind of uh, other than the 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 sumo media which is still relatively small and new um you know our friends at sumo kaboom and some others what type of media coverage have you started to get and what do you see getting in terms of media coverage for these events as time goes on and again as we know again if the pandemic is is taken care of they're going to be there will be more people training more events and all that but what do you yeah. see at this point? Have you gotten any feelers from people who might be interested in this? Yeah. Um, so right now it's kind of the sumo community is tight knit and we support our own. And, you know, people like Sumo Kaboom have been and anybody who's doing a podcast. Uh, I think there's North America or there's a for blogs like a North North American sumo. Uh, he has a blog. Um, and uh I think one other with the with Ohio uh, Ohio sumo this guy named Jake who uh, Jake and Darius they put on they have their own podcast as well uh, and so we right now we just promote our own 
and we you know we all support each other through those through those channels um i would hell i would love in the future i think we just had a talk i think we're gonna uh we just had a talk with an online um an online sports casting um network called all sports I, I, and and we'll see how that goes uh he's you know he it, he kind of reached out to the the federation and and um possibly get some actual funds coming from some of this uh which would be good for each, for every individual team so because right now we travel with our own you know we travel and train and buy you know sumo rings and and uh gym equipment with with our own money like i you know i i'm going fairly broke just kind of uh just kind of keep you know because i have such a passion for this uh and but I, but again it's it's with like all my own you know all my own uh income and um so i would like in the future to be act to actually monetize this not so you know it doesn't have to be you know i don't have to make a, a living off of it but to be able to fly our teammates to these you know to the u.s open to these you know enough money for for airlines and enough money for you know i don't like you know tournament fees uh equipment uh, yeah i mean I, that would be it would be great you know in the future to be able to, to to be sponsored like a lot of these other you know these olympic sports like judo and stuff to where the athletes can be you know can actually be athletes without having to worry uh how you know how much it costs for travel right and uh, that's why i go back that i think there's uh there was potential that it was not met in the late 90s and the mid 2000s for some type of professional sumo league in the united states and outside of Japan that would be international and uh, I I think that in order for that to be successful you have to have people that are really skilled and knowledgeable in sports management because there are and I've I've recommended this to a lot of different people in the US there are hundreds of sports management programs in colleges and universities of various types and a bunch of these are online I'm not sure of the cost. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's even like a free one that's going on now. And with the pandemic, more and more learning anyway is going on online, Zoom calls and all of this. And even without a formal course, there's an enormous amount of information out there to get an idea of what what you're getting yourself into to avoid the pitfalls of some of these other some of these other attempts because the one in 1998 in Atlantic City they had the event there that they tried to build around Manny Yarborough um, but Manny lost in in that tournament and Mark Robinson who had actually defeated Manny in 96 in the world championships Mark Robinson won and then they just kind of dropped it after that it never really went much further than that and then the World Sumo Challenge 2005 and the World Sumo League got the the World Sumo Challenge was on tape delay on ESPN. You got to get any sport has to have live coverage, and of course the whole 
landscape is different today because there are zillion and one new sports, but there's also streaming has become the primary focus for video distribution of many sports. Yeah. And if not primary, just close behind TV in terms of, of getting rights. But it's heading in the direction of s streaming becoming dominant at some point in the future. Yeah. But you that have was, to, I, you have to get oh, that in place, you know, first. Yes, yes, I picked up on that, and that's you know I that's that was why I thought it was so important. Even even you know even me as an amateur, I I, I can't consider myself like a you know a, a real broadcaster or or you know uh, uh, streaming person, but but I thought it was important enough to actually learn some of the softwares that are out there and and create a live stream uh event and that's and i i think that that's the future and i you know and so i i coughed up and got it you know a nice camera and and you know the software for streaming and made it you know made it look legit uh and i i i think we're gonna i hope that other people get on that you know that style uh and, but we definitely will be uh trying to bring you know solid content uh, for streaming, because uh, it's important, like you said. I mean, it's it, it is the future. Uh, you know, you people don't want to just wait until later. You know, until post after you. You know, after you make a nice, pretty video, they something. You know, they want to see. They want to live stream, and um, hopefully next time around, I'll figure out some way to monetize the live stream I mean, it, the live stream was uh by donation only and i mean you know even with all the people that 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 viewed it you know we only made i think it was like 300 dollars or something it was it was which is fine but you know it, there's these events you know i kind of hit the negative in in how much it costs to put the event on so i we got to figure out how to how to get at least break even uh it, when bringing these kind of uh these levels of tournaments on yeah, you got to find out what what's available in terms of regional TV because there's a whole yeah. real uh, everything's going topsy turvy now with these regional sports networks and they they all desperately need original content and mm -hmm. the pandemic of course even made that worse but even the m more successful regional sports networks that'll show like a major league baseball team or NBA basketball team or whatever. They're only showing live first run content only so many hours of the day. And they, they you know, they can repeat it for people to watch at another time and they can have pregame shows and postgame shows. That only adds up to so much. And those seasons don't run 12 months of the year either right so e right. even even when they're even when everything is at full strength which again obviously it wasn't th this crazy year they still need other things that are not just filler not just kind of junk and and to me sumo is so visual that it some of these might yeah. be interested in in doing something with this um it has a certain attraction to people who, who aren't necessarily that familiar with it and so right. I, I don't know what exactly exists in your area but if you start to look at these things and start to 
invite some of these people to events and let them know, listen, we're doing this on a, a very small budget. Don't expect to see, you know, ESPN type level production or something like that. But, you know, th this is our product and this is what can be with a, with a real budget. This is something that can be done. And I think it can attract, you know, for all the reasons we've discussed, I think it can attract viewers. But it has to be the, the World Sumo League put the, the cart before the horse because they said, oh, yeah, we're going to get it. We want to get a TV deal, blah, blah, blah. And then they jumped into this this huge tour before they had a TV deal. And the, and that sank them. And I, I and as I said, the 2006 event, peep the this was a very small crowd. It was clear they were in big trouble then. But even so, they put on a good show, and the people loved the show. And, and I've been to a lot of a lot of sporting events and covered a lot of these things. And, and I, believe me, I can tell when people like things and when they don't like it, when they're grumbling and all that. This one, the people really liked it, even though a lot of the people didn't know. Uh, who was who? It was just so, it was so much fun at the event. Yeah, you know, and imagine, imagine. If they, imagine if people start to learn who's who and follow some of the athletes and yeah. learn more about that, about what's going on. You know. That is the ultimate goal, and you know that I'm trying to do my part here in Austin, and and you know, like like you said, COVID is really uh, throwing a wrench in things, but that is the vision I see like I people who know who people who start not only like the sport but actually have their favorite fighter you know their favorite Rikishi and it's, it's that would be everything to me you know if, if some fans with you know with an Eros Armstrong uh, uh, banner or something or you know a Sam Kimka banner or like all these you know or you know any of these guys you know the like Jose Galindo you know that would be epic that would be epic, and I think that that would bring you know that would bring more seriousness and uh, and pressure on the IFS to get us to become uh, an Olympic uh, an Olympic sport. I mean, you you look at skateboarding, you know, and and the videos shot for skateboarding back in the day. It was just like you know just skateboarding kids, other skateboarders shooting videos, you know, shooting VHS videos like and. And now look at it, it, you know, with the with the X Games, and and it just became for 2024 an Olympic sport, you know. And so, it's not impossible, you know. If it's it, and I think that uh, it's going to take a bit, a little bit of time, but it, it is achievable. It is a sport that is exciting. Anybody who does sit and uh, or come to these events, you know, like you said, they're not they're not just like oh well this is cute, but no, they're 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 serious about it. And I mean. You look at, like I said, the U.S. Open, and the kind of fans that that come each year, and they and they talk to you like, yeah, I saw you last year, and blah blah blah. Like they know you, they follow you, and so that is a that is the perfect perfect example of what could happen across the U.S. You know, imagine five, you know five or six different U.S. Open uh, uh, level events in the U.S. It'd be epic. There's also, at least officially on the schedule, the World Combat Games, which underwent yeah. changes. Who was controlling it? They had an event, and the last one was 2013. I don't see how they're yeah. going to do it in 2021, the same year as the Olympics uh, schedule. It's going to be, it's, 
2022 from what I'm told. Right, so and they I, haven't I changed it on their website, which is not a good sign. No. Yeah, they're, they're, that one's up in the air. And But uh, the World world, uh, the world the Games is happening in 2021 in Birmingham, Alabama. So that's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, and you'll be able to get a certain more media coverage because uh, yeah. the world, world Combat Games is planned for Kazakhstan. But still, I remember the one in 2013. It was on TV here. I was watching it on TV in New York. And I think that whenever they do it, it's going to have a lot more. It's going to be a lot easier to follow today. Again, with streaming, with more cable networks and more on-demand content and all of that. So you'd be able to watch it regardless, you know, if you can catch it live because of the, the time difference. You could like the, the bash shows from Japan because of the time difference to catch them live in the United States. You know, if you could get a, a live feed, it would still be the middle of the night and it would be very difficult for people. But you could you could catch it online or on TV afterwards. And yeah, I think yeah, that'll yeah, yeah. be the case with and I enjoyed watching the world the world combat games um, back then and then there was all the political nonsense with sport accord and all that stuff that, that happened which delayed it and delayed it and delayed it and then then of course it was even supposed to be in Taiwan a couple of years ago but they postponed it and that was even before the the pandemic so yeah it's it's future is it's iffy it's an uncertain it's uncertain but it's something to look at because that'll get people watching who are into all of these different martial arts and combat sports you know and the world games i have to look up a little more i don't know how much publicity they've done um for that event so i'm going to actually have to i've looked up more of the world combat games and i'm going to have to look up more on the the world yeah, games and I, see, see what they do. The world games has a, uh, I mean, there's, they just updated their video for it because it was supposed to have been 2020, but the world, uh, the world games is, is they, you know, they just updated their video for 2021. Uh, and that is supposed to be, God, I want it 2021. Let's see. World sumo is September 16th, 17th in Poland and then the World Games 2021 is I think it's supposed to be in the spring or summer I want to say it's like June or July of 2022 but the qualifiers in the US the qualifiers for the World Games in Birmingham is going to happen this in December of 2021 so that's going to be called the North American uh, Sumo Championship Okay, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look up more about that because I haven't followed it. Uh, that's one thing I haven't followed as much. But all that gets coverage today. We'll, yeah, even if that'll it's, be a good yeah, even if it's on sport. something like the Olympic Channel, a lot of that's still available online. You can watch that yeah. in a lot of different places. But it needs it needs the publicity. I don't think a lot of people watch the Olympic Channel, and I don't see a lot of. Uh, you know a lot of information put out about it uh, yeah. but it's there and it's showing all these different Olympic and non-Olympic sports too that, that are uh, federations that are affiliated with the uh, IOC that aren't yet yeah. on the Olympic program so you can get I, I, a lot that of year that. is going to 
yeah, that year is going to be pretty big uh, leading up to uh, Birmingham. Uh, it is going to be a pivotal moment for Sumo. And I think that uh, we have time to really step up what we do here so that Americans can root. That, you know, it's, it's here on, on home soil. So I think it'll be exciting for, you know, Americans to begin to know the sport uh, and to know that, you know, and to, you know, start rooting for the type of, you know, for the, the different teams that are growing, uh, you know, going in, going into the, uh, the, the world games. So this, it's like, this is going to be so good for us. So good for us. Uh, so I'm excited to see what, ha- you know, what's coming in the next, you know, in the next year and a half. Now, if people want to find out more about Dark Circle Sumo or what's generally going on in Sumo in the U.S., I know you, you're very active online on social media as well. Uh, give us uh, the ways to do that. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Um, if we are just It's just Dark Circle Sumo, all one word. Also, you can find us on, on Facebook, Dark Circle Sumo all one word and then uh or you can check out our website uh ww you know our website has a, a calendar on the homepage that tells you you know wins classes or or winner winner tournaments we always post the tournaments and or, or events that happen in the sumo world uh, on our homepage, which is darkcirclesumo.com i keep it real easy <laughs> <laughs> very good anything else you just want to say before we wrap it up Oh, also, if you'd like to see any of our videos, we, we have a bunch of videos uh, of our classes that uh, we live stream. Our, we live stream our, our Keiko, which is, which is uh, you know, class uh, every Sunday, and it's on our YouTube page, Dark Circle Sumo. Uh, and, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to my boy Danny, who's in, you know, he's, he had uh, cancer and he's in remission, uh, and he, he is, you know, he is one of the top uh, sumo wrestlers. Uh, unfortunately, right now he's been battling this thing, and I just want to say, love you, man, and can't wait to see you back in the ring. Um, and I'd like to shout out—I don't know—my old, my old coach Takeshi, who's in Tokyo now, and all the rest of us. That's it. Very good. Yeah, I saw some posts about uh, Danny, and uh, I wish him. The best on that, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to beat this thing. Yeah. So he will. He will. That's good. We'll, you know, we're gonna see what happens. Really, uh, the little bit that's left of 2020 and next year. And I just see, I've seen a lot of sports come and go and have its ebbs and flows. This just seems like a very new. fresh young period really a new start for sumo in the united states uh, a lot of the people that i knew that were involved in it uh, a couple of people of course have passed away like manny yarborough and mr yonazuka but uh, or just no longer active in it both competitors and even media people that covered it but that some of the some of the uh the og types is, are, are still out there and then there are a lot of new people involved in it which is really refreshing so i think bringing those together particularly in a sport like sumo which has such uh is so rooted in tradition and history i think that 
this could be a, a very good time for uh, all this to come together in a critical mass. But it's going to, you know, gonna, it's going to have to be done right, as we said. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yay. I'm excited as well, man. Great. So we hope to speak to you again soon. And uh, good luck with everything. And uh, we'll be following it closely. Yes, sir. Uh, if you want this, you know, starting tomorrow, you can watch. I'm going to try to bring my equipment and do a live stream from uh, from Ohio. So we'll have we'll have a live stream for the training session uh, on our YouTube. Yeah, this this show may be posted after that event, but it'll be left up online for people to catch it as well. Awesome. All right. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Yes, sir. It was really good talking to you. No Holds Barred is brought to you by LennyHart.com, the home of Lenny Hart, the legendary MMA and sports announcer, voice actor, singer, actress, and comedian. Lenny is also known for her jazz vocals with her Lenny Hart Jazz Cabaret Band. For more information, to book her or to order a custom message from her, go to LennyHart.com. That's L-E-N-N-E-H-A-R-D-T dot com. And Skulls Combat Sports Equipment, creator of the patented Skulls Double End Bag, is the perfect punching bag for your combat sports training. Skulls Double End Bags provide a realistic striking target and help improve speed, distance, and timing skills. Hang it and hit it right out of the box. No pump required. Skulls Combat Sports Equipment, that's Skulls with a Z, advancing combat sports equipment for the next generation of fighters. For more information, go to Instagram and Facebook at Skulls with a Z Combat Sports. And Adolfina Studios, original art prints and handcrafted fine jewelry. For more information, go to Etsy.com, that's E-T-S-Y.com, slash shop, slash Adolfina Studios, that's A-D-O-L-P-H-I-N-A Studios. Hello everyone around the world, welcome back. This is Eddie Goldman, No Holds Barred. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for listening. If you want to follow my site, my blog, the easiest way is go to eddiegoldman.com. For No Holds Barred, this has been Eddie Goldman.